broke my right femur in half, which if you don't know out there, that's the hardest bone to break in your body. (laughs) I managed to break it in half. Broken femur, chipped my right hip. I broke three ribs on the left side. My ribs punctured my lung, and I also bruised my liver. If that ain't a wake-up call, you know, what is? You know, something like that happens, and you're kind of sitting there in the hospital bed, and you're like, okay, I probably need to make some changes. Welcome, everybody, to the Ronin Mindset Podcast. Today, we've got a very special treat. Good friend of mine I've known for several years. He is a best-selling author, a speaker, a neuro-linguistic programming or master, NLP master, and all-around badass. So everybody, Coach Quentin McCain or Coach Q. Thank you for having me, my man. It's a pleasure. And you know exactly why I wanted you on this podcast, because we speak the same language in terms of mindset. And, you know, I know a little bit about your background. It's always been very you know, inspiring to me, like what you came from and then what you've been able to accomplish. Kind of, kind of give us a little bit about your background, man. Like, like early, early childhood, like the lockjaw days. Oh man. So (laughs) yeah, definitely. You know, growing up, um, I just, I grew up single parent home with my mom you know, she she did her best to, to veer me the right way. But, you know, as we get around influences and we're out there in the world, sometimes we, we don't take that path. And uh, I was out there running the streets, man. I was out there running the streets, hanging out with, with, with the thugs and the gang members. And, uh, yeah, doing the things that thugs and gang members do. Well, yeah, you were a straight-up gang member for a while, Yeah, correct? Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. Out there in the streets and... You know, getting in fights and, yeah, all kind of stuff. Yep, definitely. Living that life. living Not exactly not exactly the, the background that a lot of people who end up, you know, successful. You know, you don't just a lot of see people going from running the streets, gang member, thug, you know, dancing, tiptoeing on the edge of prison to becoming a best-selling author, national speaker, international speaker, really, and kind of accomplishing the things that you've accomplished. Yeah, no, you don't you don't hear it often and and honestly, even people in my close circle, I'm talking about, you know, even some family was like, "Man, like, yeah, he ain't going to make it." Like, you know, you're either you're going to prison or you're going to end up dead, you know? And uh honestly, staying on that road, if I would have stayed on that road, that's what it would have been. Well, those are the the two paths that that life generally leads to. That's right. That's right. So so what was it, you know, especially from a mindset, how did you make that change? How did you get off that path you were on? What was going on in your head that made you go a different way? And not only just made you want to go a different way, I'm sure there's a lot of guys in that life who would like a different life, right. who, who would like to follow a different path. But, you know, from what I understand, due to influences and everything else, it's very difficult to get out of that life. And how are you able to make that transition? And how did you choose to focus on what you focus on? Right. Yeah. I'm actually glad you said that, that, you know, some people want to get out of that life because it's interesting that even though I was doing those things, I was running the streets, I wanted to be the toughest dude. Right. Um, Even though I was living that life, there was always kind of something in the back of my head 
that was like, yeah, this ain't what you're going to always be like. Like, there was something there, you know, um, that was just always like, this ain't it for you. This ain't the end of the road. So I feel like whether it's intuition, right, Whoever, however anyone wants to say it, whether it's God, intuition, just like the universe nudging me, right? But I think that we get those, we just have to listen, right? We get those hunches, but we just have to listen to it. So I always kind of knew, like, uh-uh, I don't think this is it for me. So how did how did you make that transition then? You 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 felt that maybe I don't know, whatever you want to call it, a higher calling or you know, however you want to phrase it, but having that and then turning it into a reality. How how'd you make that transition? Yeah, you're right. Two different things, right? <laughs> but yeah, so you feel that <laughs> you could think about it all day long. I felt that nudge, but then um I also had what I feel, um, well, I, what I call life's alarm clocks, right? The wake up calls, right? That just happened to, to pop up. For one, I got in a big accident when I was about 18 years old, where I was leaving my then girlfriend's uh, house and I fell asleep at the wheel and I, and I crashed into a light pole. Like, you know, the metal freaking light pole <laughs> that you see on the side of the road. And uh, that was one of those wake-up calls because, you know, like I say in some of my speeches, it's like I wasn't only sleeping at the wheel that night. I was sleeping through life, you know, just going and coasting, right? And that was that was a big one. You know, I, I woke up to a, a broken femur. I broke my right femur in half, which if you don't know out there, Damn. that's the hardest bone to break in your body. <laughs> but I, had, I managed to break it in half. So broken femur, I chipped my right hip on, yeah, I chipped my right hip. I broke three ribs on the left side and my ribs punctured my lung, my left lung. And I also bruised my liver. So had internal bruising. So if that ain't a wake up call, you know, what is, you know, something like that happens and you're kind of sitting there in the hospital bed and you're like, okay, I probably need to, to make some changes in my life. Right. That's when you get that real wake up call where you're like, I'm not invincible. I I can die. Hundred <laughs> percent. That can be uh, that can be a wake up call for sure. And besides, you're getting you're getting a lot of time laid in that hospital bed to do a little self reflection. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a lot of time in your own head. Exactly. So is it was it was that like the turning point for you? Um, you know, I've been asked that question um, over the years. And I think that my answer is there's not really one turning point, but it's just like an accumulation, right? Like you got the nudges that we talked about. Then, you know, I had the accident. And then there's, of course, scary run-ins when I was in the street. You know, I've been robbed at gunpoint, shot at, right? Um, All the, like, gang fights, you know, like when there's groups of people, you don't even know what's going on. So, I mean, all of it kind of adds up, I think. And, you know, another big one was, you know, some years after the the accident, I had a daughter, right, when I was about 20 years old. So all of these things add up, and then you have this little beautiful human, and you're like, okay, um, I I definitely need to make some changes, right? So it just added up, um, and uh, that's what I would say. It's an accumulation it's just like, all right, wake up, 
Q, you gotta you gotta do something different. <laughs> yep. Okay. So you finally got the you finally got the hint. Then how did you choose to get into you know, like NLP? Was that the first thing that you kind of went into, or was there a, a, a series of things that you led you to that? Yeah, definitely a series of things. So um, and it wasn't quick, you know, this, this is over a period of really years, is. right? Anyone who wants to build something great knows that uh, it's typically, typically not overnight. What is that saying uh, about overnight successes? It takes, <laughs> what is it, 10, 20 years for an overnight success? <laughs> exactly. But, exactly. Yeah, so definitely uh, an accumulation and a, uh, and a sequence of things. So for one, I ended up working at the same hospital that I was hospitalized in when I got in my accident. And it was a different department, but I ended up working in the burn center. So helping um, burn adults and children who who, uh, were victims of being burned. And uh, that was actually a big turning point for me when it came to coaching because I worked there for eight years. So I'm seeing the worst of the worst, right? Because when you think about being burned, I still say that's one of the worst things that can happen to us physically. You know, it's your skin, your biggest organ, you know, and, you know, it affects you mentally, you know, uh, physically as well. Right. You know, some people, they may be deformed and it's like that's a real self-image thing for a lot of people. So working with them, you know, you learn a lot about the human condition and working there. Um, I started going into the patient's room when I wasn't doing therapy. And just to backtrack, I did uh, physical and occupational therapy with with patients in the burn unit. And uh, I started going to their rooms when I wasn't doing therapy because they didn't want to see me most of the time because I was the bringer of pain. So I would start going to their rooms when I wasn't doing therapy and just asking them, what do you want to do when you get out of here? What are your goals? What, what, what are you striving for when you get out? And a lot of times they're like, what are you talking about? I'm burned. My life is over. And that kind of hit me like, no, you know, it's not over. This is why we're doing physical therapy. This is why we're stretching. This is why we're getting out of bed. And that was one of the really big reasons um, that I started getting into the mindset game because I realized after just talking to them, no real training at this point, neurolinguistic programming, hypno, nothing like that at this point, just being human, I noticed I saw big results in people with just um, tapping into the humanness and their motivations. Right. Yeah, that's got to be, you know, from outside, I've never worked in a burn unit, I've never been burned, I don't know anybody, but that's got to be one of the hardest things to deal with, just from, like you said, a physical standpoint, the pain has just got to be absolutely intense. Oh, yeah. Plus the psychological, if the, you know, a lot of the burn victims are, are really disfigured, like you said. So I can see that being a a common reaction to being burned like life yeah. is over. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Like we get it. Like, you know, it's like even working there and seeing it and knowing all about it, still, I mean, who knows how you would react, right? I probably wouldn't react well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's <laughs> that that's gotta be just absolutely tough to deal with. So that kind of um led you into more of the mindset thing mm-hmm. that yeah okay then how did you get exposed to nlp yeah good question so um 
that triggered me, right? Working in the burn center, it triggered me to say, wow, I'm getting results like working with their mind. And at this time, I, I had been kind of reading personal development. I had been getting into it myself just for my own personal development. I started reading, going to seminars, uh, things like that at this time. Um, since I got introduced to personal development uh, by a friend, I by just listening to a CD from Jim Rohn. <laughs> and uh, from then on, I, I just started doing it for myself, you know, and uh, that did spiral me into searching like, OK, how do I really learn how to do this? So I found my first life coaching course um, that was live in person, a certification program. And that's how I got into life coaching. Um, and from there, when you're in that field, you just start hearing about more things and more things and more things. And that's how I heard about NLP. And it was just intriguing when I when I heard about it. And it just kept going. I, I became a lifelong learner of what creates lasting change, right? Right. Now, that, that's really neat because I know from our previous conversation when we were hanging out and everything, I got exposed to NLP long time ago, probably 2003, something like that, or no, 2002, something like that. It was a long time ago, 20 plus years ago. But the way I got exposed was through, um, I was going through some real estate training. I was a real estate agent and uh, I was going through some training with uh, Matthew Ferry, who's a big real estate trainer, but that's a lot of what he preaches is NLP, but how it's related to sales, conversational hypnosis, you know, embedded suggestions and all these different types of techniques that you can use to help influence people's decisions. So I kind of dove into that part of it. I loved that part of it. I didn't even realize that there was so much more to NLP. I thought it was just purely a, you know, suggestive techniques and different things like that, you know, mirroring, mimicking, and all these different things, embedded commands within your language patterns and all that. And I was fascinated by it, but I didn't realize that there was, that's just a, the tip of the iceberg when it comes to NLP. And you use it, you use a lot of the NLP with helping people overcome past traumas and different blocks that they have mentally so that they can move forward in whatever, you know, whether it's be it in success or personal relationships and things like that. Correct? Right. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So um, NLP is is a is a modality that has a lot of different things in it. So they call it the study of excellence. That's what it's really called. And the reason it's called that is because how it was created is they took the best parts of certain modalities, right? Like family therapy, um, linguistics, right? Um, right? You know, um, gestalt therapy. They took the best parts of some of these things, even hypnosis, right? And they modeled those people, the best of the best in those industries. They modeled those people and said, what are the language patterns these people use? What are the behaviors? What are the mannerisms? Um, what is the body language these people use to create these excellent results that they're creating? So that's really how NLP was formed, and that's why there's so many different components to it, right? Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, but you're, you're right. So I use it in terms of 
helping people get what they want, right? Whether it's getting rid of things like anxiety, right? Negative emotions, limiting beliefs, um, or getting what they want, usually both, you know, getting their goals, being able to goal set. Being able- A lot of times those, yep. those go hand in hand. Exactly. Exactly. Right? That's very cool. And so is that, what's your, what's your primary, I mean, I know, but like, let, let everybody know kind of what your primary focus is right now. I know you've got a book, you do a lot of public speaking, but I know you and Jerry have your like coaching mm-hmm. service as well. So what, um, what is your primary focus right now? Yeah. So our primary focus right now is coaching business leaders and or their teams. So, you know, whether that's one-on-one with somebody who's you know, an entrepreneur or they're, you know, a manager or executive in a company um, or um, going in and coaching their teams because we can do this one on one and we can also do it um, for groups. Right. So we specialize in everything subconscious work. Right. Because that's where the real that's where everything really happens. The subconscious is running the show. We say the conscious mind is the goal setter and the subconscious is the goal getter. So we have to we have to tap into that subconscious. So we specialize in uh, neurolinguistic programming, as we spoke about hypnosis, um, something called timeline therapy that's really good for trauma, negative emotions, limiting beliefs, uh, and something called mind shifting. You know, for somebody who's looking to everybody's situation is unique, but as an overall sort of philosophy, for somebody who's looking to either get out of a situation. You know, because a lot of a lot of the people that I talk to um, either come from something hard, you know, like uh, not uh, necessarily a pleasant background like yours, you know, didn't come from something that screams success or, you know, people who maybe have overcome something in their life. You know, something major happens in their life, whether it's, you know, a medical issue or, you know, whatever it is that brings them down. One of the reasons that I got really so interested in that from a mindset point of view is, you know, it's, I had the big thriving real estate business. And then in 2008, I got wiped out, wiped out. And I was, I was really shocked at the, I mean, I thought I was tougher than that mentally, Mm -hmm. emotionally, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But, you know, especially with guys, we attach so much of our identity and our our sense of self-worth to what we do that when that's stripped away, a lot of times that's really tough for guys. So, you know, people have gone through something in their life. What is kind of an overall philosophy that you would recommend for them to kind of overcome that and move on and and get back to success, whatever that looks like? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's layered, right? It it depends, I think, on the person and what their specific uh, obstacle is. However, what I would say is it always goes back to focusing on what you want. You know, and that's actually our our model, focus on what you want, you know. Um, So that's easier said than done, though, which is why people like us come into play, right? But it's basically you got to fill your head with the things that you want, that positive things that you want and things towards your goals and not on what you don't want and the things that are holding you back. Because our thoughts, those create our emotions, right? Our thoughts. Um, they, they conjure up emotions. You think a thought, you see an image, it brings up an emotion. Those emotions determine your behaviors and those behaviors determine the results you get in every area of your life. So it starts with 
those thoughts and what are you focusing on? If you're feeling bad inside, you're feeling sad, mad, angry, whatever, you have to think, what am I focusing on right now? Um, and switch the focus. But like I said, easier said than done, but the more, the more you do it, the better you get at it, right? You start creating those new pathways in your brain. Right. It's a, it's a conscious habit. Because I noticed that with myself. What's that old saying? Uh, where your focus goes, your energy exactly. flows. Right? So if you are constantly, and I found myself doing this you know, years ago after the whole real estate crash, I was just dwelling on that. Mm-hmm. That was the majority of my thoughts. And... You know, I did the same sort of thing. You know, it took me a little bit longer to get there, but I did the same sort of thing. I tried to replace those thoughts with with two things, actually. First one being what I wanted. And there's layers to that, too. Like, what do you really yeah. want? Right? Getting clarity, too, right? Getting clarity on what you want and making sure that it's something that you want, you know, in your soul, not something that society says you should want. Mm. Because you got to really want it, right. to me. That's That's one thing that I've noticed. And then the second thing that I really tried to focus on was gratitude, Mm -hmm. being thankful for the things that I did have, whether it be my health or whether, you know, whatever it was, you can always find something to be thankful for. Always. And that's another thing that early on I struggled with was, you know, I said, okay, I'm going to do a gratitude journal, whatever. So I'd, I'd, I'd get up every morning and write, you know, my goals and I'd write down three things that I was grateful for. But when I stepped back objectively and looked at what I was doing after a while, I was just kind of going through the motions. I was writing down generic things I was grateful for. Oh, I'm grateful for my health. Oh, I'm grateful for my friends and family. Like, you know, it was, and it was, there wasn't a lot of uh, emotion. Ooh, yeah behind it. It was going through the motions. And, you know, that that's something that personally, I it was really tough for me at the time to really be genuinely grateful for things because I was focused on all the the lack or all everything that happened and oh, you know, whatever. What was me? So I really had to put some effort, some genuine effort yeah. into finding things that I really, really felt grateful for that I could that I could write down and be like, okay, yeah, I could feel it. It wasn't just a matter of mechanically writing right. down things that you know I was, should be grateful for. It was right. something that I could actually feel. That made a huge difference. Yeah, no, that's huge. And actually, when I when I give people certain exercises like that, um, I tell them for each word that you write down or each sentence or whatever it is. I want you to close your eyes for a second and picture yourself in that that sense. You know, if you're grateful for health, like really see yourself like, man, like, yes, I see myself healthy, strong and feel the emotions of it, because that's the part that a lot of people are missing. You have to have that emotion with it, you know, and that's a great point. Yeah, you've got to feel it. Mm -hmm. You got to feel it. You got to feel it. it. Like, got to feel it. And one thing that I did. In, in order to make sure that I felt that was, you know, um, like take the, the people that you worked with in the burn unit. That's a whole different level of when you think of that, it's, it's easy to be truly grateful oh, yeah. for your health. Oh, yeah. 
Not just like, okay, I'm healthy. Yeah, whatever. Like, okay, it could be a lot worse. Uh-huh. You know, I, I can't remember. I think it was, <laughs> I think it was Andrew Tate. He was, he was like, you know, I'm going to have you, I'm going to sit you down. You're, de- you're depressed. I'm going to have you sit down and explain to a terminal cancer patient how bad your uh, life is. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, if you still feel bad, then, or you can make that cancer patient really feel sorry for you. Well, then, you know, maybe we'll talk. Right. But, right. you know, it, it, it I, you know, it, it's comparison is always the thief of joy in many cases. But you have to realize that there are things to be grateful about, truly grateful. And if you have to look at what the alternative, in some cases, what other people are going through, to really realize how lucky you are in whatever aspect of your life it is. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and and even, you know, even, you know, when I, because things come around full circle, right? So I've had the opportunity now, you know, to coach um, burn survivors uh, I ended up speaking at the World Burn Congress <laughs> one year. I remember that. Um, and um, it's humbling. And at the same time, I can show anyone, someone who's burned, someone with certain Ill- ailments, um, that it's about how you feel internally. And sometimes you have to push that forward first. Sometimes you might not feel it on your own. You have to fake it till you make it sometimes. Um, Like, for example, there was a study done some years ago with clinically depressed individuals. And this study, what they had them do is look in the mirror, and I believe, don't quote me, somebody's going to be a researcher here, but it was something to the effect of they looked in the mirror and they just had to smile every day for 20 minutes in the mirror. And something psychologically about them seeing their self smile and looking happy increased their happiness and decreased their clinical depression. So sometimes you have to fake it till you make it. It's it's true. I mean, when you start, because this is another thing that I had to be very cognizant of is like things like body language that ties right into that. You know, if you're just like uh, all the time as opposed to, uh, I mean, it's just it it the physiology of your body has so much to do with your mental state. Oh yeah. And you know, even like working out, I just saw a study and I was going to forward it to you, but Oh, there's a, there's a hormone that's released by the muscles when you work out that actually has shown in clinical trials to, or clinical studies to alleviate the symptoms of clinical Mm -hmm. depression. That, and it's not, you know, it's not endorphins in your brain. It's actually uh, something that is released by the muscles wow. when they're under tension. Wow. And uh, I, I need to find that. I'll send it over to you. But it's um, it's true, though, because when you push yourself in the gym, it's, it's very difficult to feel super down, super depressed, or anything else when you're giving it your all in a workout. Oh, yeah. It's really it tough. It's really tough. Well, I mean, like you said, physiology, right? I mean, I've had people in seminars, um, put your shoulders up, sit up in your chair, put your shoulders up, lift your head high, and look up, smile, and try to think of something sad. It's almost impossible to do. Uh, Yeah. Your beard game is strong, too. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah some someday i'm gonna grow up and be able to fill in a beard oh too. man i don't know you got that chiseled chin man you don't need to <laughs> hey 
got something. I don't have much for beard, so I got to have something. There we go. <laughs> uh, it's true, though, man. Like, it's not to mention there's like, I'm, I'm obviously I'm big on fitness and I do too. I know people can't really see it right now, but I saw you on Facebook slim, the other day looking jacked. You've been putting in work. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, I, there's just not to mention the, the temporary effects of working out, helping your mood, your, but then your health, your vitality, your self image, your confidence, everything that comes from working out. So, I mean, for me, that's been like a cornerstone of just about everything because when you look better you feel better you become more confident it's, it's a lot more difficult to be in a really down mood if you've got a six-pack yeah yeah <laughs> it's, it's, it's true tough, right man. and the way people react to you is different as well you know so you know there's a lot of I, I had to play with a lot of these different things you know body language and you know I, I'm going to the gym is never I mean, there's obviously there's times when I don't feel like going and I force myself mm -hmm. you know, it's discipline yeah. over motivation always. But if you people use that as a cornerstone to overcome whatever they're going through, if it's possible, you know, sometimes people are going through stuff that's a little different than maybe they can't go to the gym and push it. But, you know, for a lot of stuff that's just mental or emotional, that can be a really, really good foundation or cornerstone yeah to build from definitely you look good you feel good right it, it it's tough it's tough to be depressed when you got a six pack yep, yep, yep. <laughs> <laughs> your arms are filling out the sleeves a little bit you're like hey i feel like oh, i'll get a couple compliments there right you're feeling good yeah all that all that helps man you start getting external compliments that validation from other people goes a long ways too yep, yep it really does we shouldn't rely obviously on external validation but right. it helps yeah it can yeah you know and it's you know you you have to work out all all of life's muscles right it's like um with that mindset stuff we're talking about um it's work you know it's just like when you go to the gym for the first time you've never worked out somebody who does that and they 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 pick up some weights they're like oh man Dude, my, my arms hurting, something's throbbing back here, everybody's looking, yeah, feels awkward. I don't know how to do it right, so no, I'm, I'm done with this, I don't like working out. No, you keep going, you get better, and eventually, you've got the strength that you wanted. It's the same thing with with working out your mind, you know? People try meditation, or, or some mindset techniques, right, or some breathing stuff, whatever, at first, it's going to feel uncomfortable because you're not used to working those muscles. Right. And it's a, that's conscious effort. And a lot of people don't realize. I think I saw, what do we have, about 75,000 thoughts a day mm -hmm. somewhere in that yep, neighborhood. Yep. For most people, the majority of those are not positive no. thoughts, you know. So being cognizant of that and being, obviously, we can't control our thoughts. People are always, oh, you can control your mind. No. Their thoughts just come into your head mm -hmm. all over. So I don't believe you can 100% control your thoughts. I, I, I don't think it's possible. What I do believe is you can choose which thoughts you give your energy to. Mm -hmm. And that makes a big difference because I've noticed in myself and I've noticed in a lot of people, they tend to give a lot of their energy toward the negative thoughts because they're the ones that really impact them yeah. emotionally. So it, it's a natural sort of progression which kind of can create that downward spiral or keep you where you're at. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it goes back to, you know, what you focus on expands or what you focus on you feel. 
you know, yeah, you're going to have thoughts that come through, but if they're not supportive to what you want or your goals, just let it, just let it pass by, right? The ones that are supportive to your goals, those are the ones you want to concentrate on, focus on. Yep. Those are the ones you let in. Those are the ones you let in. I heard, I heard an analogy, like thoughts are like, you know, if you're sitting in your house or you're, you're a dog sitting in a house and there are cars going by all the time, you don't have to go bark at all of them. Yep. <laughs> Good one. So, you know, I, that, 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 that kind of stuck with me. You can choose which cars you want exactly. to bark at. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Love it. So, yeah, it's good stuff. So anything coming up as far as uh, like, what are, where are you guys, what's the direction you guys are taking your business? Yeah. So we're, we're going into a lot of companies and uh, working with teams lately. So uh, we have something called the team effectiveness review, which is really cool uh, for teams. Uh, really inexpensive and very effective, you know? So for those that have a team, uh, we go in, we, it goes in three parts. We do a uh, a profile personality assessment, which is pretty unique and, and different from any assessment that I've done in the past. You know, it's very sticky, very memorable, and uh, it can teach people to understand and communicate with others probably within the first couple minutes of meeting them, even faster sometimes. You can, you can just tell what personality uh, people are, which is really effective in sales, business, I mean relationships in general. So we do uh, those profi profile assessments with the team. Uh, then we do a, um, a best practices training, which lines the company up with the 28 best practices of top performing companies to see how they kind of line up. Um, so you can see it and it's visual, it's online, you know. And then uh, the last one we do is for a part of that team effectiveness review is we do a leadership game with the team so it's it's fun you know it's it's basically like group coaching with the team in a fun way um that's uh really really cool so. is that is that profile test that you give is that uh say similar to like the disc profile um similar in that um it does give you a personality type right but okay. it's sticky like i said so basically it works off of the elements so Things that we're all familiar with, fire, water, earth, and wind, right? So, for example, fire personalities, just right off the bat, usually direct, usually know what they want, and very results-oriented. A lot of those are our CEOs, right? Um, water, yep, I, I, that's one of mine. And they usually come in pairs as well. So you usually have two dominant. Um, so water um, that one, those are calm people. They go with the flow. They're very loving, people-oriented, right? Uh, they don't like to stir the pot too much. Um, they, they go with the flow. They, those are good for customer service, for example, um, because, you know, they can take a lot. They're like, oh, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. You know, they can take a lot of pressure. You can yell at them sometimes, and they're like, okay, you know, let's just calm down, right? Those are our waters. Um, winds... We, I need those people in my life because that's not me. Exactly. And that's a good point. That's what we show people in these trainings is how to work with the other elements. Um, wins, for example, those are your influencers. They're always running around. They're doing networking events. They love to talk to people. Those are the, the people that will talk to you in the elevator when everybody's quiet. Those are your influencers. Think about the wind, how it just flows and goes with whatever. They're very innovative, creative, um, but sometimes they need structure. 
which goes to the next one, which is Earth. Earth personalities, they're very structured, they're grounded, right? They need um, stability, they need organization. Um, so those are the four elements. But just by telling you that, you would probably know some people in your life. Oh, yep, that's a wind, that's a fire, that's an earth, or what you are, right? You're like fire, right? Like mine, I'm fire and wind. And you could probably see that. I, I, I could be direct and I'm results oriented. That's the fire in me. The wind is I'm a networker. I'm always out. I'm always talking to people. <laughs> you know? I, yeah, you are You are never in. You are always there out. You go. You're meeting people you and go. doing your thing. So, yeah, that's what we're doing for, for teams right now, which is really cool. Well, now you got me wondering. I know I'm fire. I wonder what else. I'm definitely not water, probably not wind. Maybe a touch of earth. Maybe. maybe. Well, and here's the thing. We have all of them in us. We have all of them in us. Of course. There's just two that are typically more dominant, right? And anybody can be a leader in any of these. It's just a matter of how they lead. Some leaders that are earth, they're the organized leaders. They're structured. They're organized, right? Uh, the fire leaders, they're direct. They're like, hey, let's get results. I don't care what's going on. We need the results, right? They're, the winds, they're like innovative. They're like, oh, let's try it. Let's get these other people to come in and try marketing with them. Let's do this. Let's do that, right? Um, so there's strong points and then there's the weaker points of all of them, right? Yep. Yeah. There's not like one is better than nope. the other. It's just exactly. Different. There's pros and cons each exactly. one. Cause I know I can see it myself. I can see the, the pros. And mm -hmm. cons yeah. Because definitely. organization is also not my definitely. strong point. And through our trainings and our coaching with it, we show you how to be at your best in your element. Um, cause the point is you want to be able to be flexible and if you need to, be a, a water at sometimes you want to be able to do that you want to be able to yeah. go into wind and be innovative and you know go with the flow sometimes but sometimes you have to be structured and it's like no we have to buckle down we have to write this stuff down and we have to <laughs> create a plan sometimes you know yep yeah you got to have elements of all exactly of them. And, and you know i've noticed like so i'm, I'm bringing this podcast on the road so I'm going to be like, I'm in Minnesota right now and next week I'll be in Miami for a couple of weeks. And then I go from Miami to Spain. I'm going to hang out in Marbella nice. for a little bit, uh, probably a week or two, something like that. I've heard, I've heard nothing but good about the South coast of Spain. So I'm going to go check that out. And then from there, I'm going to Thailand. Ooh. And what I've noticed after that, I have no plan whatsoever. It's just wherever the winds may take me. But I've also noticed that, especially when doing things like this podcast, a little structure and a little organization is fine. Because right now I'm in my I'm in my mom and dad's house, so I just set up a makeshift studio yep. in one of the bedrooms, and you know had to get the internet right and this you know the background and you know I just gotta. Got a sheet. And... There we go. Hey, you <laughs> so, got to make it happen. It's... That sounds like some fire right there. It's just like, let's get the result going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then, you know, I, I, you know, from what I've experienced in setting this up, I'm like, okay, now if I'm going to be in Miami, what's my internet going to look like? And what, what's my background going to be? So going from place to place to place has got me a little, uh, I mean, I'll make it happen. Oh, yeah. But it's, it's really kind of a challenge to try and figure out you know, that's where I need a, I think that the, the part of me that needs a little bit of structure because mm -hmm. there's there's virtually no structure and it's putting me a little on yep. edge. Yeah. 
But then the fire part of me is like, whatever, we'll yeah, make it happen. Exactly. Whatever. Shut up. Shut up, Earth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, yeah. Very cool, man. Well, I appreciate your time. And uh, think on these things. Yes. Yep. Your book. If you want to give a little. I uh, meant for daily, daily uh, motivation, you know, and it has a journal with it. So you write down goals, action steps, you know, uh, things related to the one day because it's a day at a time. You know, so it's really a 99 day transformation. Right. And people can get that on Amazon. On Amazon. On Amazon. That's right. Okay. So if you're interested in that. I have the book. It's really good. It kind of fits in with my own personal philosophy because with me, I'm very much a, a Kaizen sort of guy. Just a 1% improvement, 1% improvement every single day. Win the day. And, you know, if you just focus on winning that day, you win enough days, you win the week. You win enough weeks, you win the month. You win months, you win the years. And then you win at life. So it all starts with the day. So that's why, you know, like that book also, right? So, Check it out. If you're checking, if you're looking at this podcast, check it out. Think on these things. Quentin McCain, Coach Q. And once again, appreciate your time, man. Always a pleasure. I was looking forward to having you on here for a while. Yeah, always a pleasure. Anytime, my man. Thank you for having me. Yeah. If I get get through Phoenix, which I don't know when that would be at this point, (laughs) but yeah, definitely got a, definitely got a hookup, man. Definitely. All right, brother. Well, hey, I'm gonna let you go. And uh, again, thank you very much. And for everybody else, stay tuned. There'll be more podcasts coming. Thanks, you.